It's one thirty-five right now on the One Two Three Show. You're with me, Karen Coe, through till three o'clock, and we are ready to turn to our first guest of today. And as I mentioned at the top of the show. Tomorrow, April 16th, is World Voice Day. So what is that? Well, it's a worldwide annual event taking place every April 16th devoted to the celebration of the phenomenon of voice. And uh, the aim is to demonstrate how important uh, the voice is in the daily lives of, of all people. So to help us talk more about that and more about voices, I'm joined right now by David Pope. David is the founder of All, all Voice Talent. So David, welcome to the program. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. And lovely to hear your lovely voice on the eve of World <laughs> Voice Day. <laughs> yes. So. so let's talk more about the voice. You're, you're an expert in voice. You help coach people with their voices and you've used your voice uh, in your career, of course. Tell us a bit more, first of all, about the science of voice. How, how, do, we, how do we make our voice? How does, how does it come out? Well, basically, the science of the voice, it's all really related around the uh, what we call the resonance chamber. So the resonance chamber is basically our head. Our head's are one big resonance chamber. So we can, we can change the sound of our voice by changing the shape of our resonance chamber. We do that by using the, the tongue, the lips, the teeth, the mouth cavity, right up into the nasal cavity. So... That's one area, but obviously we need to think in terms of the, the how we produce the voice, which is coming from, from the chest. So it's the diaphragm and the lungs. So the air comes up through the vocal folds and through the larynx. And so the sound waves are not only amplified by vibrations, but they're, they're fine-tuned by this resonance chamber into the thousands of sounds of speech. Wow. I mean, when we speak, we don't really think about it. We just say what we want to say. But there's actually quite a lot of, of physicality involved, it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. I mean, ev every voice is as unique as the fingerprint. So the sound that we make, it's, it's partly dependent on the size and the shape of our whole vocal tract. So no one voice is, is the same. So, you know, people that I'm working with, if I'm coaching clients, either adults or, or teenagers, we're looking at specific specific nuances in their voice that we can latch onto and work to slightly improve. Okay. So we have that whole mechanics of the voice. And of yeah. course, what about the impact? I mean, that that's really um, where we see the effect of voice. And, and obviously, maybe people are not so aware of their own voices, but we're all very aware of other people's voices and their impact. Right. I mean, interesting, because we, we all have visceral reactions to people's voices. We make judgments about people based on the sound of their voice. Um, and good speakers, they're able to change their voice according to, to content and also to the audience. So if we think about people that we're interacting with on a day-to-day -day basis, so, for example, if you're in, in the corporate space, you're speaking to maybe seniors, juniors, colleagues, friends, acquaintances, are you always using the same voice? Because good speakers, they're, they're able to change their voice. Um, and also nowadays, voice is very important. Obviously, with what's going on, you know, so many people are working from home. Mm. But even pre that, we're using voice in a virtual space. So we've got video conferencing, teleconferencing, and likewise with um, 
face-to-face interactions. You've got pitches, presentations, um, students who are maybe IB students who are doing the theory of knowledge. They're having to present in large groups of people. People are having university interviews. All really everybody has to be aware of the impact that their voice has on other people. As I said, it's a visceral reaction. You know, we make judgments about people, but we tend to use words like annoying. Um, yes. You know, it's, it's, it's too annoying, it's too it's irritating. We use these adjectives, but actually we're honing in on something that's much more scientifically based. Mm. Now, we do all change our tone according to situations, even if we're not um, taught how to do it. For example, I think everybody has what they call a telephone voice, uh, or yeah. today I'm using my radio voice, which is probably different right. from how I would talk to my friends or family. And then you, we all know when we talk to babies or when we talk to pets we tend to speak in a very you know babyish kind of voice so how how is it that we know how to do that but we don't always know how to how to best use our voices so sorry i i I don't follow your the question is what well we, we how we we instinctively know that when we talk to certain people or in certain um uh, situations mm. we change our voices yeah. anyway but we're, but it's not something that I guess we're so conscious of so how do we know what to do to be conscious of, of... right okay yeah so th- this really comes down to this whole area of vocal variety so vocal variety is effectively volume intonation stress pacing and pausing so if you listen to good speakers they will understand the importance of this vocal variety, they'll be doing this. They did some research recently in America um, in 2015. It was conducted by a group called Science of People, and they wanted to understand why some TED speakers were getting a few thousand hits, while other speakers who were pretty much saying the same thing were getting millions. And what they did was they looked at the verbal and the nonverbal aspects of these speakers. So they watched hundreds of hours of talks. And they found that the most popular speakers were the ones that used vocal variety. Mm. So they found that in particular, their charisma level went up, their popularity, but more importantly, their credibility rating. People believed much more in what they were saying because they were using this technique. So being aware of vocal variety. I mean, people who speak slowly, they're they're perceived as friendly. Mm. People who speak faster they're perceived as competent and authoritative. And obviously people who speak too fast, they come across as quite nervous. There's also um, some interesting work happening in America now. There's a company that has analyzed several million audio files to predict how a person's voice will make the listener feel. And the idea of this is to actually streamline the recruitment process for jobs in like call centers, retailers, banks. So, you know, tapping into that sort of voice. If if somebody is phoning an emergency helpline, they want a calm, soothing voice. Mm, If somebody wants to um, apply for a job in a shop, you know, Gen X, Gen Y shop, they want a funky, light voice, you know, sassy. So they go for that sort of voice. So we can change our voices. We don't have to make drastic changes. But, you know, it, once you're aware of these subtle nuances of the voice, mixing that with the, the science side, with the physical side, then it's easy to make very slight changes. Mm. So, so that would sort of indicate that 
pretty much everyone has potentially good vocal ability. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, and the good thing is, you see, when people start to work on their voice, they gain confidence because what happens is, is once you start taking those baby steps in terms of the voice, you speak in front of, let's say you're speaking in front of a large group of people. If you are using, integrating some of these skills, then you start speaking with more authority. Your audience responds to you more positively. You therefore get sort of energized and you feel more confident as a speaker. So it's very much a, a virtuous cycle. Hmm. Now, generally speaking, um, are there certain types of voices that are more generally appealing or more attractive than others? Interesting question. <laughs> right. So, first of all, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, one of the areas of, of, of my business is we, we have a, um, a voiceover agency. So we're providing a lot of voiceover, professional voiceover talent mm. for TV commercials, corporate videos, etc. And in the UK, very interestingly, um, if you're hearing TV commercials around banks and insurance companies, the appealing voice will be the Scottish voice. Oh. It's a, a gentle Edinburgh accent. Okay. So that's very much on that sort of artistic side. On the other side um, is attracting a partner. There's been some research. If you're wanting to attract a partner, they did some research in the, in the 1970s and they, they asked the participants to speak sexually. Okay. And both men and women, they greatly decreased the pitch of their voices. But women were actually lowering them more dramatically than men. And they were also adapting a slightly breathy voice. Oh. So in terms of that sort of perceived attractiveness, the, the lower voice for, for men as well, they, the, the, they said that the women prefer these lower voices, but with men to have also a little bit of breathiness. Why is that? Because if you've just got a, a, a deep, authoritative, dominant voice, you're going to come across as aggressive and strong. Mm -hmm. If you have that slight breathiness, then you are basically taking away, you're taking the edge off the voice. So think about people like Morgan Freeman yes. or like David Attenborough or even Obama. Um, deep authoritative, but a slight gentleness to it. So obviously I'm no expert in terms of, you know, matching people according to their voices. But from my area of work that I do in the corporate space, in the voices of business, um, Women speak deeper now than they did about 50 years ago. They're, again, there was some research in, in Australia, and they were studying uh, groups of Australian women aged between 18 and 25, and they compared their voices to archival recordings in 1945, and they found a significant drop in frequency of the voice. And what they found, that they, they there's an area around this idea of women becoming more prominent, uh, having more prominent roles in society. So it's leading them to adopt a, a deeper tone to project authority and dominance in the workplace. Hmm. So on the other side, I mean, they found that it was actually Dutch women. They speak the lowest. Really? Um, but Japanese women speak the highest. And this, again, it's an interesting idea of maybe gender stereotypes where you've got independence versus powerlessness you know you've got yes. the different cultures the inequality so um the, the you know the the european um 
gender pay gap is as compared to the Japanese one. So, you know, it's, it's kind of linked to this power and authority piece as well. Yeah, it, it is interesting how much culture does affect the way we use our voices because of what we are seeing and what is going on in our culture. Let, let's talk about another phenomenon, a relatively modern phenomenon, partic- particularly, well, it's actually not particularly for women, but women get criticised for it, which is this thing called vocal fry and upspeak. Can you tell us about these phenomena? Yes, absolutely. Now, this is very interesting. I'm fascinated by this whole this whole debate about vocal fry. So for those people who don't know what vocal fry is, it, it's basically what we call creaky phonation. So what we're doing is we're, we're changing the nature of our vocal folds. So it becomes low-pitched and raspy at the end. So, so, so if you like, think to the like, likes of... If I said... Okay, so if I spoke in vocal fry, I'd be saying, okay, David is here with me now talking about the voice. That's correct, <laughs> but it would be more prominent at the end. So you get an end rasp and then you get this up talk going up. So think of the likes of, you know, I mean, K- Katy Perry's a, a great example of it and, mm-hmm. and the Kardashians. Mm. So, you know, un- unfortunately, it does get bad press. I mean, I know that... Um, the feminist writer Naomi Wolf, she, she wrote an article that was basically, it was about give up the vocal fry and reclaim your strong female voice. And she came across uh, a lot of criticism from, from other feminists and women in general saying, well, come on, you know, we're getting criticized for it, but men also do it. Yes. But there has been some research in the business space and, and really the young adult female voices exhibiting vocal fry and this is what it says i've got the quote in front of me they're perceived as less competent less educated less trustworthy and less hireable wow and that was written by klostad and and colleagues in 2017 that's kind of you know that i'm i'm not down with that you know i Mm. mean i i work with people who who are using vocal fry i it, it depends, really. It's kind of, you know, as I said, good speakers can change their voice according to content and audience. So if you're standing in front of a large audience and you're trying to persuade people to buy into, you know, a, a multi-million dollar fund or something, using vocal fry at that point would probably not be advantageous. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is up-talk. Yes, yeah, so up-talk or up-speak so this is ending a sentence with a rising pitch intonation. So I, I talked about vocal variety before, intonation. So a rising pitch is usually a question. So it's very jarring when you are using vocal uh, up talk and the voice is going up. Our perception as the listener is that a question is being asked, but it's actually it's an affirmative. And the thing that I've also noticed, which seems to be a phenomenon, you know, when I'm coaching teenagers in our, our recording studio, you get up talk, but you also get this word like, which is constantly interjected. It's peppered between sentences. So I'm like this and I'm doing this like, and then I'm like, you know, yes. and it just, it just kills the brand. You know, you are the brand. Let's say you're, you're having an interview, especially now because of what's going on. You're having an interview with, you know, your preferred university, Harvard, Oxford, Cambridge. You want to come across with power, authority, energy, all of these things, but you've got uptalk and then you've got interjection of like. What sort of impression is that going to give the interviewer? 
So we, again, we always have to be mindful of the listener. Mm. One, one other thing I was curious about is we know that our voices change as we age. Obviously, the big one for men is through puberty, their voices deepen. But as we get older, is that sort of ageing of the voice inevitable? Or can, are there things you can do to prevent yourself from having a, what, what is like an old-sounding voice? Well, age, ageing of the voice is inevitable. I mean, this is going to happen because obviously as, as the body is getting older, so is the, the areas where sound is produced, the vocal folds, the larynx, etc. But, I mean, in terms of voice preservation, you know, we, we should be thinking about less alcohol, drinking lots of water, smoking obviously is, is not good. However, you know, you get a lot of these famous um, famous singers who they are, they are famous because they've got these lovely raspy, smoky voices. Yes. So, unfortunately, it's something that can't really be, um, it, it can't, it, it's inevitably going to happen, but it can be slowed down. But again, this is about engaging the voice, just doing vocal warm-ups, about mm. breathing, projection, working on the larynx, the tongue, the lips, all of these things. Fantastic. So, David, if somebody, any listeners out there feel like they'd like some help with their voice, um, how, how could they contact you and find out more? So they can go onto our website, which is www. and then it's allvoicetalent.com. And allvoicetalent is one word. So allvoicetalent.com. And, uh, yes, by all means, um, get through to us on the website, and then I'd be delighted to share some exercises as well as share some um, some of my impressions that I've got over the years of working with people, and some of the the common tips that we can uh, that we can all work towards to make sure that we sound our best self. Fantastic. Well, David, thanks so much for talking to me today. Very fascinating discussion about the voice. Absolute pleasure. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, okay, bye right, bye. Bye. And that was David Pope, founder of All Voice Talent, talking about the voice um, ahead of World Voice Day tomorrow.